This episode is brought to you by Peace, Love, Joy, the resource that helps you take care of your health, happiness, and marriage this holiday season. If you're ready to create less stressful, more meaningful holidays for you and your family this year, Peace, Love, Joy is the tool you need. I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7. friends. This is Bonnie, and we're here today going through our listener questions. So this is going to be a listener question extravaganza. If you have submitted a question in the past, we might have chosen yours and we might speak about it today. Um, If you've never left a question and you'd like to, go check out our website for christianwives.com where there is a ask a question link. And you can submit your question. And those, when you submit your questions, they are evergreen. If yours hasn't been answered, it may still be answered in the future. So let's just start off with our lovely Gay. She's chosen her question. Okay. Um, This question from one of our readers is about initiating sex. She says, I have always struggled with initiating sex stemming from a bad first marriage. I'd really like to find the confidence to light some candles and put on something sexy, but I always talk myself out of it. Do you have any suggestions for me? Nike, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A blog reader suggested that if you're not ready to light candles, but you're trying to do something like one step above total darkness to get a red light bulb for your bedroom, that red light bulb casts a soft enough glow and it illuminates a little bit but it is very kind to shadows and curves so if you're not comfortable being totally naked in regular light um, let's say try using a red light bulb and see if that kind of helps you be more comfortable but also red is kind of sexy so maybe that'll help put put your put her in the mood i think my question is why Why is she talking herself out of it? Because I think usually when you have a concern about initiating something like that and, and I, and like you, Chris, I love all the practical tips because I really think once you decide to do that, it's good to have your list of stuff. But I also think that I'm just wondering what, what is she afraid of? Like, cause for me early on, I was afraid to initiate in certain ways because I was concerned what response I would get. Would he look at me like I was weird? Would, you know, it be a failed attempt? Would it just be awkward? Would it come across weird? I don't know. I I just think that that's, it's, for me, it was a confidence question. Um, I'm trying to get over that hump. Now, what I hear from a lot of husbands is that they're very excited when their wives do initiate, it's actually very well received, even if it's awkward. For one thing, it won't be that way every time. Anything you do the first time feels a little awkward, you know, but once you've done it a bunch, it's not so much anymore. But also, you know, even kind of a not so perfect attempt is usually very appreciated. I just think any any attempt, like even even an attempt that's not perfect, is very appreciated. You know, if my husband says something and he, he's trying to be romantic and it just comes out, you know, dorky or something, I still really like it because he tried. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I agree with that. Well, yeah, because even if you initiate poorly, 
it's still going to lead to sex and the main thing will still happen. So that's true. Yeah. My answer to initiation is sex scheduling. <laughs> that's your answer to everything. My answer, yes. And actually it's my personal repertoire. Um, and it doesn't have to be a forever sex scheduling kind of thing. Like every Tuesday we're going to, but what if you approached him and said, Hey, tonight let's, and then you can work your way up to lighting the candles and putting the lingerie on because you know, you've already committed to it by telling him and it might just be what you need to motivate you to, to get over the hump. So, yeah, so I, I just going back to what uh, Jay said, I think it's useful to think about what is getting in the way. Like this reader mentioned a bad first marriage. So she may have had some experiences, you know, maybe her first husband wasn't receptive, but that's probably not the case now. So I think it's worthwhile to try to figure out what's, holding you back, but then also just to take some small first steps. I'm a very big believer in small steps, just making a little bit of progress and then a little bit more. So just what's one thing that you can do, one very simple thing that doesn't seem threatening, and then see how that goes and kind of build on it. And I want to go back also to, I think that's kind of the one thing, like the red bulb thing. And also she mentioned lingerie. I think sometimes we have this idea that like you're going to put on this wonderful lingerie thing and you're going to make this grand entrance. And maybe you just need to, you know, maybe what you need to do is not the lingerie, but just, you know, go to bed in your nightgown and not wear underwear. Or, you know, I mean, maybe it just needs to be a baby step you take in how you dress and how you make yourself available and how you initiate. So it can be these things of, you know, the light bulb or the you know, the lingerie, but it doesn't have to be like a big grand thing. Yeah. And it can really, it could be like, it could be lingerie that makes you feel good about yourself. I think when we think of lingerie, we tend to think like some really fancy get up, you know, but that would probably make us feel uncomfortable anyway. So, and you know, another thought on that is, um, even, you know, to wear one of your husband's shirts, it covers a lot. So if, Part of your reluctance has to do with body image. It provides a lot of coverage, but also a lot of provocative interest. It, it's very provocative. Yes, it's very provocative. And many men will say, yes, they like to see their wives in those things. So if part of the reluctance is body image, then something that provides, you know, lots of coverage, but with lots of sexual impact, your husband's dress shirt is a way to go. That's my 100% all the time sleeping attire is old dress shirts. Huh. Huh. You just learned something Lucky. about gay. gay so, so she initiates while she's asleep. That's a weird fact. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Oh, I guess I'm next. Um, so my question says, if I see my husband ogling another woman's behind, do I confront him? After 34 years of battling off and on with pornography, I've recently discovered he has secretly been struggling again. We are in counseling and really want to make it work. I'm just unsure if I should address the situation or not. Uh, total, I would totally say something, but I think it matters. It's not just whether or not you say something. It's how you say it. 
I think that's a big deal is yes, I would say something, but I would be careful about how I use my words because I, I don't think we should be ignoring problems, but I do think, you know, coming from that Christian perspective, I think it really matters how we talk to each other and we can talk about our concerns and talk about dealing with stuff in a positive forward focused, respectful way. Or we can just like throw a tantrum and be accusatory and all those kinds of things that are just going to make it worse. So I think it matters how you say it. And I would even say if you're already in counseling, that's something that the counselor can help you work through. How, what is a good way to handle these kinds of situations that will help heal, lead to healing in the relationship rather than adding more trouble. So if you've got a counselor, that's a really good thing to ask the counselor to help you with. My thought on this question would be different if she just said, you know, once in a while, I feel like my husband is glancing at some other woman's, you know, backside. But the fact that there's been an on and off struggle with pornography and it's come up again, and they're in counseling related to it, I think that's a very different situation. And I would definitely bring it up. And I agree that it's something that should be worked through with the counselor because um, I think there's some issues going on with him and other women's bodies. And, you know, it's it's difficult. So I, I think, to me, this is a very different situation than a guy who's just occasionally taken a glance, mm-hmm. you know, to off to the side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe she absolutely should address it. Um, it's disrespectful to her and his sexual energy. I think all of our spouse's sexual energy needs to be focused at us. Right. And um, he's kind of betraying that. But here's here's my thoughts. Yes. She should bring it up with the counselor, too. But you might think about, you know, after the fact, maybe that very first time you address this with him isn't right in the moment. It's after you get home and you can say, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, this happened and I'm not happy about it. And you know what? He because of pornography and the way their brains get, um, he might not have even been aware that he was doing it. So she needs to make him aware that it happened. And my thought is to come up with a code word where she could say it and it would, he would know exactly what she meant, but it wouldn't humiliate him in public. Who knows? Muskrat, whatever, whatever word, whatever phrase you'd want to use, but that he knows that when you say it, you've caught him ogling another woman and that he needs to avert his eyes. I have often found it helpful to ask my husband how he would like me to handle that in the future and give him some, you know, it might be a code word. Some men would probably, you know, might like it if it's just more direct. Hey, dude, your eyes. (laughs) Yeah. So I think asking, asking your husband how he would like you to handle it can be a way of being respectful, but still creating the expectation that it's not okay and it needs to not happen. And the more you bring his attention to that he's doing it, he can start to form a new habit, which is don't 
ogle. I, I, yeah, I think that's important because I was thinking you can get into habits, bad habits, and they can be hard to break. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously, this is disrespectful both to, to his wife and to the woman he's ogling. I mean, that's yes. not cool. Yes. Um, but you, we can get into these terrible habits. And, you know, knowing that you shouldn't do that doesn't necessarily mean you just can flip the switch and stop. So it may be really helpful for his wife to bring this up and figure out a way to help him to break this habit and build a new one. This episode is brought to you by Peace, Love, Joy, 75 simple ways to take care of your health, happiness, and marriage this holiday season. Ladies, we're entering the busiest time of the year for wives and moms. The next few weeks will be packed with extra tasks, events, and responsibilities on top of your already busy schedule. But the holiday season doesn't have to be chaotic. It can be a time when you stay calm, take care of yourself, and enjoy your marriage and family. However, making that happen takes a little bit of planning, and that's exactly what Peace, Love, Joy is designed to do. It will help you prioritize what's important and let go of the things that aren't. It will show you how to slow down, take care of yourself, and invest in your marriage, and in the process, create a holiday season that you, your husband, and your family will love. Peace, Love, Joy is a digital ebook that you can download right now from the Calm, Healthy, Sexy shop. You'll find a link to it in the show notes for this episode. And be sure to use the discount code PODCAST25 to save 25% at checkout. So moving on, Jay, what do you have? Yes. Okay. This is actually two different questions from wives, but they were kind of the same. Um, So one of them says, I have a hard time having an orgasm during intercourse. I can only have an orgasm when my husband uses his fingers. Um, And then a second woman starts with love your podcast. Thank you. And says, what is a good position for a couple where the wife can orgasm through intercourse? We've tried multiple positions and I have no trouble orgasming during manual stimulation. So basically it's, you know, how do you get the, the orgasm to happen during intercourse? So I just want to say there's absolutely nothing wrong with those women um, because I think a lot of women feel like there is something wrong with them if they can't have an orgasm through intercourse and there is absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, Sometimes it's just a matter of physiology of like the distance, you know, where the clitoris is and where the, you know, it varies. You would think it would be the same, but it varies. So it's harder for some women and easy for easier for others. Um, so that's, I just want to say there's nothing wrong with those women, but now we can talk about how they could increase the chances. I would suggest that they try to have another one first. Some women find it easier to have an orgasm during intercourse if they've already had one through manual stimulation or oral stimulation. And even if it doesn't work, you still had one. So that's good, but sometimes trying trying it a different way first kind of primes the pump. That's not the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. It like it, it. I don't know. I don't know. What it gets the, right the blood is. flowing. It gets your nerves firing, so you're building a connection. So that connection is easily made to the brain. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, all those things. Another thing is to clench your buttock muscles sometimes that helps um i feel it, it 
But I think Jay is probably our expert here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I have, I have a few ideas, very specific tips. Um, one is I think a lot of it is the tilt of your hips so that you're trying to get um, the way he's he's uh, thrusting is kind of that his, his body will rub against kind of your pubic bone kind of area at the very sort of top. And so you want to try to maybe tilt your hips to where you're getting more um, contact there. But that can deal with positioning. And so, but like I said, I think that just whatever position you're in, try tilting your hips. But the other thing is, I think if you can't, that some women really are not going to orgasm just through intercourse. And so one of the options you have is for him to, for you to combine the intercourse and the manual stimulation. So especially if you're in a woman on top position, if you're able to, um, he can, if you, if you're facing him, he can use his finger on you, or you can do this the other way. You can be on the bottom, but basically he can manually stimulate you. Or if you're comfortable doing it, you can stimulate yourself there on your clitoris while he is, um, while you're engaged in intercourse. And then you can experience a clitoral orgasm, but with him inside, which is a very good feeling to have the spasming with him inside. And I would say if you're comfortable using marital aids, that if you're in a position where there is space for a vibrator, that that can help. If you one of you is using the vibrator on your clitoris while um, your husband's inside. Also, there are some vibrators that are specifically designed to be used with couples and that go between you intentionally and also vibrating penis ring. A, a vibrating penis ring, does that... Does that make contact with her when yes. he's okay? Yes. I mean, okay. it, it depends on on how it's. Yeah. Well, because I know there's everything from like, you know, a bullet or egg vibrator can just go right up against her. But then there's also, like you say, there's the couple's vibrator. And the, I did see a penis ring, vibrating penis ring once where there was the ring and then the vibrator section goes on. Either can be on top, so it's or on shaped the bottom. somehow that it contacts with her as well. Right, so it okay. could be rotated depending on what position you're in. So if okay. you're comfortable with marital aids, um, that would be one of the ways that you can use it to enjoy sex together. And I just wanted to make one quick philosophical comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, okay, um, I kind of have an issue with calling any. Um, Parsing out the orgasm is clitoral or vaginal or all that. An orgasm is an orgasm. That's just my my personal opinion. And when he is thrusting inside of you, you're actually um, you're stimulating your clitoral legs, the cura. So mm-hmm. actually, all the clitoris is involved uh, with with manual stimulation and you know his insertion. So that's just my little philosophical. Right, yeah, and I think you're right. I, I mean, I guess for me, I've thought about them somewhat differently in the sense that um, scientifically, it's it's the same. Physiologically, it's the same, right? Right. I mean, I'm talking with our science, our science buff, Bonnie. Well, but, yeah, like, and, but, but I would say that that I mean, kind of just from my perspective, and I don't know if it's everybody, but to me, it, it feels a little different to have him 
inside at the same time it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that's why I also think though you can go ahead and do direct stimulation with him inside you and it's still going to feel like exactly. It's, just an, it's an orgasm. Mm-hmm. You're just if you're just wanting to have an orgasm during intercourse, it doesn't really matter whether it's his penis or his hand or your hand or a marital aid that gets you there. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Yes, Chris, what do you have? Is it okay for us to film ourselves having sex? Is what one of our listeners has asked. What do you think, ladies? Mm. Well, as as a woman who deals, who has dealt with a man who really likes visual images, and as in pornography, this, for me, just puts up a huge red flag. If If either one of them have dealt with pornography in the past and then they watch themselves later, it could be a trigger for wanting more. And then they may go search, you know, for pornography. Yeah. That's such a good example of something that what, what, what works for one couple might really be a bad idea for another. Yeah. So that's my two cents. I just have this very practical point that I don't think that people understand what that's actually going to look like. Like, where are you going to put the camera? And I mean, I, I mean, this is the thing is we think filming during sex, but like, if you think of a sex scene that maybe you've seen, you know, involved in a movie or a TV show, or whatever, they've got, you know, um, they have the makeup artist, they have the, the professional lighting, they have the lighting, they have the cameraman, how they have CGI. I mean, are you just like <laughs> selfie or I don't know. I would just worry that like we would watch it later. And I've actually heard from couples who've said things like, well, we decided to film and then they watch it. and They're like laughing hysterically because <laughs> it's not pretty that your butt's on the camera and like it's not sexy like you think it's going to be. So I just I, I just said there's a practical side of me that's like, I don't know that I want to watch it. <laughs> well, have you ever watched yourself in a mirror? Because I'm thinking. That's not always real fun. So, yeah, I know there's some similar, people who right? say you should watch yourself in a mirror. And that I'm just like, I think that would throw me off. Because the other thing, too, is that would also feel like it would be hard for me to watch that and pay attention to what was happening to me at the same time. And I would feel like that, too, if you're filming. I think you would be aware of the filming instead of just enjoying the experience. I just feel like that for, for me and probably for a lot of couples – You're really engaged if you're not filming. You're not thinking about watching it later. Just be where you are and enjoy the perspective that you have. I said I don't think it's wrong. I just don't. I just don't know that it's going to be what people think it is. Yeah, I I wouldn't just I wouldn't say, oh, no, that's wrong. You can't do that. But I would just wonder why do you want to do that and maybe talk about why is it or is it one person pushing it on the other person i would just talk about why um because i think the issues that have been raised could be issues i certainly would not want to see that of myself um and the other thing is what's going to happen to that video Mm, good point you know if it's on your phone what's going to happen to it are you are you going to look at it and delete it immediately are you going to forget about it and it's and somebody finds it. And somebody finds it. You know, I mean, you just have to be really, really careful. And I really hate 
to bring this up because I want to believe that everyone listening to us is just going to be married to their husband. Everything's going to go great. And we're all going to make it the distance. But I do know somebody that they did some photographs in their marriage and she thought she was going to be married to this guy forever. Turns out it didn't work out. And in the heated, terrible conflict of the divorce, he put the pictures up oh, online. Oh, no. Oh, oh. And I mean, mm. she wasn't necessarily identified, but, was, but there were like sites where you can upload stuff. And so I think you need to be very careful anytime you have photographic um, evidence of, of your lovemaking. I would like to suggest two very practical things for people who do decide to try this. One is to not have your faces for exactly that reason. That way, you know, if your faces are in the picture, then there's no question about who it is. And I would say this goes for nude photographs as well. Um, If you're going to do it, try to make sure your face is not there so nobody would necessarily connect it with you. But also be very cautious and keep your file safe. You know, don't put it on the cloud. Put it on a USB drive or uh, wherever it's going to be safe. If it's something that you and your husband want to pull it out and look at later, I have a friend who keeps – she has a box that includes some of their sex toys as well as some of their images, like USB drives with video and pictures. And it's in a box labeled, when we die, don't open this. So, you know, they try to keep it from their kids, you know, even for after they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful about what happens. Like my phone uploads to the cloud almost instantly. Like I took some pictures. We went out to dinner the other night as a family and I get in bed and go to read a book on my iPad that night and the pictures are already there. Mm Hmm. Well, you can, if you do something with your phone or or with a a lot of video cameras or stuff, you can make sure the setting will actually record to the S to an SD card, which is removable. So then you can make sure it's that and it can be removable and that can be stored and destroyed if necessary. Yeah. So I would say this is not really, I think it's, it can be okay. It's not necessarily a sin, but you, you do want to make sure that you have right motives and that you were thinking about how to keep yourself safe and that if either one of you has any concern about it or has a pattern of identifying a little too closely with the images, that then for those couples, it would maybe be a really bad idea. That wraps it up. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. And if you have if you have a question, like I said before, go to our website and uh, look, click on the link ask a question and leave your question there. And also, if you've never checked out our website, you might want to go over and poke around. Maybe you don't know what um, Jay, Gay, Chris, and I do besides this podcast. We do a lot more than this. So go check it out. And we look forward to speaking with you further in a couple weeks. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We encourage you to check out our website at sexchatforchristianwives.com where you can find show notes and links to resources. That's sexchat for christianwives.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please take just a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so that others can find the show and tell a friend about us. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to reach out to new listeners. 
We appreciate you being with us today, and we pray that God blesses you this week as you pursue healthy and holy sexual intimacy in your marriage.